Hello viewers, and thank you for joining us for episode 19 of Engine's Tech Talk Sprint series, where we hear from cutting edge fintech firms about the challenges facing the industry and discuss the tech that can assist in addressing them. My name is Henry Bewley, and I'm membership support trainee for Engine and the Investment Association. Today's Engine Tech Talk Sprint session is titled Reducing the Complexity of ESG Reporting and Disclosures Through Innovative Technology. And I'm delighted to be joined by Mark Davis, who is the General Manager for ESGI, and Tim Fox, who is Product Lead. Mark and Tim will be answering four key questions to provide insights on how technology can be utilised to solve ESG reporting challenges faced by investment managers. As always, this slide outlines the session outcomes for today, along with a brief overview of ESGI. I would welcome viewers to pause and read through the information, but for the sake of time, I will move straight on to the questions. So, Tim, the first question we have for you is, what are the main ESG reporting challenges faced today by investment managers? Thanks, Henry. Um, I'd say there's three main areas which present the challenges. Um, the first is the sheer volume of um, mandatory and voluntary reporting obligations that exist today. Uh, we have, of course, the regulatory requirements that the asset management industry is facing, specifically uh, SFDR today and SDR to come very shortly, plus the whole gamut of voluntary uh, frameworks that firms can sign up to. Secondly, I'd say it's the sheer complexity of data and the breadth of data. Um, it's very much looking at the supply chain in many cases. So firms have to look through their client and downstream to the very bottom of the supply chain. Over and above that, um, and a big issue, is the rule interpretation. Um, rules are being um, mandated from many different jurisdictions, each with their local legal norms. And so, you know, great time and effort needs to be applied to interpret those. There's a massive inconsistency of data that's needed, even if it's the same measure or metric or KPI, quite often different frameworks ask for the metrics to be presented in different formats, be that currencies, weights, measures, etc. And the regulatory framework is still evolving. As recently as you know, four or six weeks ago, the one of the PASIs for SFDR was amended, which again might seem simple, but from presenting the data back to the regulator, it will provide challenges. And given the embryonic nature of the ESG space, you know, the vendor products are not as established as some of the more traditional data sets. And last but by no means least, there's a real trust deficit in ESG data, pretty much for the reasons that I've, I've already covered. But only today there was a, a report published talking about approximately 70% of corporates lack trust in the data that they are publishing. So if there's trust from the people publishing it, there's no wonder there's a lack of trust in those that need to consume and process. Wow, okay, that's quite a stunning figure. I will um, I'll move straight on to our second question, which is how can technology be applied to help us solve these issues? So again, three main areas. Um, digitization, there is 
a lot of data um, available for solving ESG reporting, but in many cases, it's unstructured and quite often hard to find within those documents. So a massive manual overhead. Um, firms probably also still using some of the legacy mechanisms to capture it rather than embedding and building it into systems, which doesn't help with the scalability. There's significant lag in the publication of ESG-related data. Quite often, it comes within um, an annual report, which again may not be published until many months after the reporting period. Um, and again, the data needs to be pulled out of these reports, and that adds additionally to the length of time it takes for firms to consume it. Technology can help provide transparency. Having properly databased and managed data will help firms highlight where they've got gaps in the coverage that they need. Um, some of the regulation is looking for scenario modeling. Therefore, you need the technology to support that. And alongside of that, firms can build in quality rules to support and, again, you know, provide confidence in the data that they're reporting. Last, uh, again, but by no means least, the system rules, the rules that come from the regulator can be built into code. The code can be validated, can be independently assessed and operate within a common framework. And what we mean by that is if many firms are using the same framework to manage their reporting requirements, they'll have trust that then, you know, that it's already being used by other our peers within the industry, so they're not the outlier from a technology perspective. Okay, that's great. Thank you, Tim. Um, I believe we're switching to Mark for the next two questions. So uh, I'll let him take the seat. Okay, wonderful. Hi, Mark. So, um, so that I will bring us straight on to our next question, which is how can we build trust and transparency in ESG data? Uh, great, thank you. So um, first off, um, we can build trust by exposing the rules and the formulas that are used um, within, within systems and platforms. Um, we've got an example um, on the right-hand side here, which shows uh, two different versions of the truth for carbon footprint. It's uh, something that might sound common, but actually there are different interpretations. And this is all part of the, the challenge that Tim spoke around, uh, around this evolving um, environment for ESG. So as standards develop and standards maybe are slightly different today, um, really understanding the detail, getting into the detail to understand the specifics is very important. Now, how did we calculate this formula? Again, if you can provide that kind of transparency, um, into into system code and system logic, then you start um, you know, to develop trust. The second area is around the lineage of the data. Where does this information come from? So what source have I used for this content? If I'm gathering lots of information around my investees within, within my um, funds and within my products, where have I gathered this information from? Um, can I trust this information? 
uh, you know, is it is it fact or is it estimates? Um, of, is the proxy data in here, which has been used uh, as a as a standard across a whole data set? Um, am I looking at averages or are these real world values that have been signed off by the organisation on whom I'm reporting? So that clarity over where information's come from, but also, you know, is it um, is it averages or is it proxies is is vitally important. And then evidence, evidence, evidence. Um, you know, if you can back up your content with proof, it becomes a really important context for an organization. So um, having a data point is interesting. Being able to back up a data point with evidence that shows either where it came from or that's been, that it's been signed off by the organization that provided it, um, it is, is increasingly going to be an important commodity. Uh, so evidence behind data rather than just the digitized elements we think is critical. And then lastly, you know, once you have that information, once you can start to build up the picture of uh, the ESG credentials of an organization, you can start to link things together. So you can tie together past performance to some of the targets that are being set and start to extrapolate and demonstrate you know, can organizations actually achieve some of the targets and goals that they're laying out? Uh, so it starts to, you know, once you, you start with the building blocks, you can paint uh, obviously a, a consolidated picture and really start to follow the flow of the information and extrapolate out to the future. Okay, fantastic. Thank you, Mark. Uh, this brings us on to our final question of the episode for you, which is what can firms do to reduce the ongoing cost of compliance with ESG reporting rules? Um, so uh, a few things here. The, you know, there's clearly an opportunity to consolidate ESG reporting. Again, Tim referenced the fact that there are a number of different types of reporting, both mandatory reporting and opt-in voluntary reporting that firms um, are engaging. Um, you know, we've, we've been working with, a, with an organization recently that have over 30 programs of ESG reporting running in parallel. So uh, lots of internal activity. And it doesn't make sense to collect common data many times. If you can consolidate information, if you can pull in the information on your portfolio um, and your scope one, two, three greenhouse gas emissions, as an example, that information might support 15 different types of reporting. So the ability to consolidate reporting uh, makes sense for organizations. And that will become more and more important as more mandatory reporting, more regulatory requirements uh, transpire. The second is this concept of democratize, uh, democratize, which is that ESG reporting requires inputs from many, many different parts of every organization. It could be portfolio teams, marketing functions, data organizations, risk functions, but there are so many different players. The ability to pull together a common view and give access to that information to whoever needs it within the organization is increasingly becoming vital. This isn't a task that can be done on the side of a desk in somebody's spreadsheet. It has to be information that's shared and allows uh, collaboration within firms. Um, the third one, uh, again, on that collaboration theme is starting to think about how you can benefit from um, peer input. So, you know, this isn't just uh, you know, compliance with the regulation isn't just something that one organization has to do. Every organization has to interpret rules. Every organization has to source data. Uh, you could argue there is no competitive advantage to being good at ESG 
uh, mandatory reporting. So is there an opportunity for firms to collaborate, to share interpretations, and together to, to drive solutions within the industry? We believe that there is. And then last, and, and maybe not least, is targeted sourcing. You know, it's, it's very possible to go out and buy and source um, content, ESG content, without really understanding the detailed use cases. So you can buy lots of information on lots of companies, which may solve 10% of your reporting challenges. So what we'd say to organizations is uh, be targeted. Think about exactly which companies you need information on and exactly what those data points are. And then only collect what you need. There's no point in maintaining lots of information for companies that you're never going to report. Okay, well, thank you very much. That brings us to the end of the session. You both covered a lot of ground there, so thank you for the wide range of insights that you've provided. There's a few concluding points for me to cover off. If anyone watching has a question they'd like to ask Mark or Tim, if you or if you want more information about ESGI and their offerings, please contact them via the email addresses on the current slide or visit their website, which is also displayed. It's been great speaking with you both, and thank you for taking the time to participate, and we look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to this Tech Talk Sprint podcast from Engine. Engine is the Investment Association's fintech hub, serving the investment management sector, the only buy-side-focused hub of its kind globally. For more information about Engine or any of our fintech solution providers, please visit theiaengine.com, where you will also find all of these interviews in video form. Finally, don't forget to make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts and follow at IA Engine on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok.